Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Footy, presented by Degree. It won't let you down. It's so nice to have you with us this morning. I'm Poppy Miller here with Jordan Angeli, Jimmy Conrad, Hello. and Aaron. Cream cheese, Jimmy. Is that what they yeah. call your morning cream cheese? I mean, Jimmy? yes, cream cheese is one of my nicknames. Uh, one of many. One of many. I feel like many. the hello, hello is like you're taking attendance in a school. I, Are you well, teaching I've us history tonight or what? <laughs> it's so cold in here. The shawl collar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the shot. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. Can I just say something really quickly Lily. for the audience that doesn't get to see any of the behind the scenes? If you've <laughs> ever done any on camera with Jimmy, if you're ever like a little bit tired beforehand, you don't have to worry about it because about. 15 seconds before we go on air, Jimmy will just launch into it full on, like full energy. He'll I wake you right up. Yeah. I love being on air with you, man, because I know like it doesn't matter how tired I am. Uh-huh. I'm sitting beside you. I'm going to be awake. It's like that last sprint before you go and play the game. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, I got to go. He's a perfect go. teammate, too, because you know uh-huh. like, and you're doing fitness. The last one, he's still going to be pushing. You, you look at Jimmy, he's going to be right there. Hey, can you be my publicist? You know my you like shouting at other teammates when you were playing, like, pick it up. Listen, I was a center back, so organizing yeah. and communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yes. Not so it wasn't shouting, it wasn't but it was. not shouting per se. Yeah. It was yeah. just projecting. Vocal projecting. communication. <laughs> Can I just say, I love the sweater vibes, by the way, as well yeah. today, yeah. Jimmy. Really, really nice. Classic sweater and well, Aaron, the cozy vibes. I'm yeah, teaching yeah. English a couple hours later. Let's <laughs> go for more science. It looks nice, though. Should we talk about last night? Maybe we're all a little bit tired because we were up late watching the Open Cup final uh, from Fort Lauderdale Dry Pink Stadium. Houston won 2-1 in the end. A very well-deserved win from them. Here's a look at the highlights, but we've got to talk about the guy that was in the stands, Leo Messi. I mean, are we surprised that he wasn't even dressed, Jimmy? I was surprised. I gave my prediction based on him having some type of involvement in this game, and uh, he wasn't. He was wearing black. Maybe he knew <laughs> there was a funeral, or maybe he was supporting Houston, Houston Dynamo in some capacity. <laughs> But uh, you're going to see here, especially in the first half, 18 shots in total for Houston in the first half, only one for Miami. And I really think that set the tone for the game. And there was a couple moments like that from Calendar where it looked shaky. He gave up rebounds, and it was the chance from Houston in the 24th minute. And this is what they've done so well all season long is – 
finding the space and then utilizing it. Griffin Dorsey, who I shouted out yesterday, <laughs> saying he is going to have a day on that right side. And boy, did he. Uh, I think Messi's reaction to the goal says, says <laughs> it all because we all were feeling that same way. Yeah, for me, I say, I say, Hector, that uh, he's so key to this team. He's the driving force to this team. Shout out Pablo Maura. He, he had an interview with him uh, yesterday, I think, for The Athletic. He talked about this team, how they can play in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're so fluid. They're so versatile. And, and they just believe in, in each other as a team. And you could see that it, it, it's not – in, in time, I mean, we've been talking about Messi, Busquets, and Jordi Alba, and the rest of that supporting cast has stepped up. But this Houston team is a team, and, and we've really seen that. We it, saw that last night. It felt like it was kind of going to come back, though, because Joseph yeah. Martinez there uh, the, misses. The, the momentum really shifted towards the end. Yeah. It was, I, I think um, the broadcasters, Dre Cordero, said Miami's a little late to the party, but they finally <laughs> showed up. And that's really what they it felt like. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you felt like this could be, really be a turning point as well, especially when the goal got ruled off and then mm -hmm. Miami really came into the their own and Joseph Martinez gets his goal and you think okay five minutes are they gonna are they gonna get another one yeah, and that's when you would really hope for some messy magic or right. some sort exactly. of yeah. something to set this team apart but it just wasn't quite because enough too little too late we've seen it so yeah. many times in <laughs> League's Cup there was that last bit of messy magic or even in in MLS play um, but it wasn't going to be Inter-Miami celebrating this time. It was going to be the Houston Dynamo. Ben Olsen, his second cup as a, as a manager with two different clubs. A deserving team. Yeah. Did they just etch his name on the U.S. Open Cup trophy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think what's interesting is that some hallmarks of a good team are when another team makes a mistake, you punish them mm. for that mistake. A great team is a team that punishes half mistakes. And I think that... The Houston Dynamo showed elements of that where, yeah, right where, where I've got my teacher mode on right now. But, but there were some half mistakes by Inter Miami. Just a bad pass in their own half or their attacking half. Four or five passes later, it's in the back of the net for Houston. Now, then in the, for, the, for the penalty that DeAndre Yedlin, maybe a bit of a rash decision. I don't know if he should have jumped in there and, and tried to make that tackle. But the lead up to that play, Inter Miami's positioning, their team shape were all over the place. And Franco Escobar is just dribbling, and he continues to dribble and dribble and dribble and then plays that through ball. I have so many questions about their team shape and what they were doing there, but that's what a good team, a great team does. They punish you for those mistakes. Yeah, those moments made me think of Inter Miami before Messi arrived. Because defensively, there were times where this team was so scattered and all over the place. And you knew that Miami without Messi was going to give a little bit more on the attack because they felt like they had to carry this different weight. And with that, it stretched them out in a way that they weren't just they, they weren't able last night to regain some of their their good moments defensively to stay locked together. I, I thought the midfield was a little out, out of order, couldn't keep possession for them. And um, The game felt pretty wide open for mm -hmm. a cup final. I yes, was expecting it, was. it to be a lot tighter. I'm like, wow, we are right going 100 miles an hour right from the get-go. Mm -hmm. For a neutral, that was. I was, I was expecting because I like I started my bedtime process to be ready for this. I was expected to let me fall asleep, but I kept there? seeing chances. I was like, I'm awake. I am. I am up. I am here. It was a very exciting game. It was a good game for the neutral, which I was. Yeah. Do you think, in some ways, though, Miami? Obviously, we don't know to the extent of if it was a game time decision or if Tata actually knew, you know, for a while. Okay, Messi's not even going to feature. One, Jimmy, are you surprised that he wasn't on the bench, or would have that just been a real disappointment for the fans had they been down? 
down and then the fans are chanting his name and waiting for him to come on. So in some ways, is it, is it almost a message like don't even expect to see him at all tonight? Is that why we didn't see him on the bench? I would assume so. Yeah, you don't want to give mixed messages to the fans, especially right. ones that paid thousands of dollars yeah, yeah, to come yeah. to this particular game. Oof. I don't know. Him at 60%. I'm trying to like think through. 60%, 75%. What are you doing boy math at? right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, take a free kick. Yeah, even come on. I mean, just his mere presence on the field, you, you wonder how much of a difference that would have yeah. made. I think if this was the last game of the season, they probably would have risked him coming on at some point, no matter what. Because they have five more MLS games, they're still trying to Isn't sneak into the playoffs. Isn't this more important, though, than, than, than a potential like playoff run? It's, it's interesting. That's a good question. I think that's been a question that a lot of American fans have asked a lot. You know, what do you prioritize in the MLS season? Is it um, the, the Open Cup? Because teams and, and coaches and managers take it very differently. Or is it the Shield? Or is it MLS Cup? I think for Miami, what I've seen and all the hype around them making the playoffs, there is a priority right now yeah. to make the playoffs because they believe in, in how they've played in knockout tournaments, especially with Messi on the field, that they can get it done if they make the playoffs, that this is going to be a really hard team to be. So I would I kind of feel like they are prioritizing that right now. And with that performance last night, I don't feel confident in this Miami team as confident as I did before in them making the playoffs. Yeah. Without Messi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what the push and pull at Inter-Miami is between sports scientists, doctors, <laughs> coaches, and that's a massive thing that we're seeing in a lot of these clubs mm -hmm. is what, what, how much can we risk him? Should we risk him? I, I think I saw a stat where he's played, last month he played the most minutes since he's played since 2019. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! A ton of minutes on legs that old. He's, I mean, not that old. He's 30, I mean, 36. 36. 36. Uh, that's, that's pretty old. Um, and we when you have five matches left to try and secure playoffs and really the big chip, the, the real prize, which is MLS Cup, which you're really shooting for, what, what is the balance of mm -hmm. can he play? Should, and then if, if he only has, like the, if the sports scientists say he only has 10 minutes in him, is it worth then the distraction of having him on yeah. the bench with every single player, every single person in the stands on both sides saying, Messi, Messi, yeah. everyone, even yeah. the players on the sideline are waiting for Messi to come and change. Even as a player, you're waiting for Messi to come on and mm -hmm. change it for you. Everything changes when, that yeah. might, when you expect greatness to come at some point. So I, I think that's it. Issue. Okay, I'm, I'm done talking about Messi. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I know, I love what you said. Legitimately, yeah. But, but there, we got one team won and it wasn't yeah, into exactly. <laughs> We got to give Houston Dynamo their flowers. Yes. Yes. They were excellent throughout yeah. this whole competition. We haven't mentioned Karaskia's name once. We yeah. haven't mentioned Bossy's name once. I mean, Bossy, I thought, was bossing the game in a lot of different ways. You've been waiting to say that for so long. I have been waiting. Thank you. I teed myself up. Did you write that one down, too? But I think they're going to be a force in the playoffs. They are currently sitting in fourth in the Western Conference. They're only two points out of second. I don't think they're going to catch St. Louis yeah. with four games to go. But if they can get that second seed, I think it helps them get some home games, which I think will obviously prove to be pivotal because it's always tough to go play in Houston. This is an interesting team. And when you have this type of success in this competition, it gives you that little 
that, that little sense of belief, because mm -hmm. I believe that confidence is a hell of a drug, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you have that and you know that you have the players around you to go on and win of something of this consequence, it could go a long way. And I think that makes them the only team I would not want to face now yeah. in these MLS Cup playoffs. I love this Houston team, and they have quickly become one of the teams to watch in MLS. And I, I, the midfield, we're, we talk about it a lot. We, we were talking about how Bossy was good, how Hector Herrera was good, and I, I know you want to touch on that, Aaron. But our tour has been a staple in MLS on really good teams. When the Columbus crew won MLS Cup, it was because of our tour's positioning and how he can slow the game down, but also connect and allow players in front of him to be who they are and say, go, attack. So I loved our tour's um, contribution to this game, but also they throw some different tweaks at you that it's hard to adjust to yeah. in the middle of a game. And there is a truly a freedom about this Houston team that you're just like, ooh, I want, I want to see what they do next. And yeah. you did pick out yesterday, let's just give Jordan a bit of credit. She was the only one to go for the Dynamo. And you did say oh, the one to watch, whoa, whoa, Griffin whoa, whoa. Dorsey. Well, you I didn't give your prediction yesterday. I Thank you. I, did. I, did. I, I said if flowers, Messi plays, I said if Messi plays, I give a slight edge to Inter Miami. But if he doesn't, yeah, but you said Houston. In, you said Houston either way, though, right? I respect I that even Houston. more. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I'll do my that. speech after the show. But, uh, <laughs> Griffin Dorsey oh, you, 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 you have your list well, of people to, to And thank. I said Griffin Dorsey. Wow. I was like, watch out for him. Jimmy, I should have. I'm not good at that. <laughs> I'm just here hanging out with some really smart people. I'm, just, I'm, I'm absorbing right now. It felt like there was a gap on that side. And Yesterday was our day to teach. Today is your day to teach. Exactly right. But Hector Herrera has been such a key part of this squad. He is. It, he's come over, he has such experience. He's come over from playing at Atletico Madrid. He's played for Porto, Champions League for both of these teams. And yesterday, I, I think you saw a little bit of everything, his passing range. He completed eight out of eight dribbles. Uh, <laughs> it, it just, his, he's such a commanding presence. He's such a good leader. I think he's very emblematic of this Houston side. He can play in kind of any sort of way. If you need him to sit deep and sit in, he can do that. If you need him to be box to box, he can be that. This, this Houston team, you can't put a finger on him. You talk about confidence. Mm -hmm. They have one L in their last 10 games, and that was the match before this one, which could have been a little bit of prep. And they only lost 2-1. Confidence is one heck of a drug, Jimmy, and I, I think you know that. So I, I think this Houston team, you're, you're spot mm -hmm. on. They are one to watch going into playoffs. There was one play that Hector Herrera did. It was like 83rd minute, 2-0, and he made this sprint from midfield to go press the ball that he didn't need to make. Yeah. But I feel like, to your point, he symbolized what they were trying to do last night, which is we're winning this and mm -hmm. nobody's going to take it away from us. Mm -hmm. And so fair play to Houston Dynamo. Yeah. They were excellent and the deserved winners of this yeah. tournament. I, I love him on the half turn. Like, if you just watch him when he receives the ball, he always knows where the pressure is coming from. Like, those are the little things that bring me joy within the game. And Hector Herrera on the half turn is... Chef's kiss. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Congrats, Ben Olsen and the Houston Dynamo, their second U.S. Open Cup. Also, they ha I feel like they had more celebrities last night. Was it James Harden? He won his first ever there? ring, James Harden. Let's give it up for him. Unbelievable. James. Way to go. James. He backdoored that one. But hey, it, all, it all counts. It all counts. Let's get shall we? Uh, Clue, <laughs> <laughs> with us coming up next we're going to talk about the Carabao Cup results from yesterday there was a couple of surprising ones as well we'll be right back here on Morning Putty you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7 the UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition 
Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Morning footy presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Here's a look at yesterday's notable Carabao Cup results. Uh, Bournemouth with a 2-0 win against Stoke. Everton beat Aston Villa. Chelsea with a 1-0 win against Derby at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Brentford fell to Arsenal at home. And Newcastle with a 1-0 win against Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Here are the highlights uh, from yesterday. We'll start at Anfield. It was a great start, wasn't it, Aaron, for Leicester City. They scored just three minutes in, uh, but Liverpool came back to avoid the upset. Yeah, Dominic Soboslai has been, uh, I think, a fantastic signing for <laughs> Liverpool. We, the English people well, say it. What, what do they say? It stayed hit. And he's got oh a foot like God. a tractor engine. He does. This kid can strike the ball so well. It's a brilliant hit from him, and uh, Liverpool win 3-1. And then also a nice day for your Gunners. Yeah! Well. yeah. I, I'm a big Nelson. fan of Reese Nelson. I'm very, very happy he gets his minutes. He gets an early goal. This would be the only goal in the match, but that's all they needed. A 1 0 win, 1 0 to the Arsenal. Yeah, he, was, he was sending you some kisses there, too. Speaking of 1 0, Jimmy, one of your. Uh, oh, wait, the lads! Come on, Newcastle! <laughs> now, it was a tale of two halves in this particular game. Joe Linton doing some great work here in the second half. Uh, Alexander Isak said thank you very much with a taking two touch at the back post. That just kind of shows you how much time he had. <laughs> First half was all Man City. They didn't take their chances. We see that at times for them throughout a season. Mm -hmm. But uh, fair play to Newcastle. This is big. If you're going to lose, though, in this tournament, you want to lose in the early rounds. Yeah. That way you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, it yeah. felt like that's what Pep felt like, too, after yeah, the game. he wasn't happy. Uh, th this was big. Chelsea at home. <laughs> Finally. Finally. This, See this what it feels Chelsea's like to put the ball in the back Chelsea's of the net. goal of the month. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Automatically, Chelsea's goal of the month. Because, folks at home, if you didn't know, if Chelsea didn't score in this match, they would have had to use a goal from the U23s. And that is funny to me personally. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Just the way you said it, I can feel it. Eight minutes. They hadn't scored in 338 minutes. I'm happy that Nico Jackson scored. I like mm -hmm. Nico Jackson. I like him as well. He actually shirt. scored a second that yeah. should have been ruled onside. They ruled him offside in the run of play. No VAR in these games. So if Brighton had come back into this, Chelsea would have felt pretty aggrieved. That just seems so weird to me that there's no VAR in these games. At the, it's kind at, of a throwback, to be honest. Yeah, you feel like it's just like an ode to it's the competition. It, it's all vibes. The, the funniest thing for me was the moment that I realized, like, I like VAR. Because I was watching a match without it. And I was like, come on! Come yeah. on, Raps! Go, go, to the, go to the booth! And I was like, wait, there is no... Oh, wow, God. I've adjusted. I, I, like, I took a second. I was like, oh. oh. Good thing no I one mean, was in your house to yeah, hold you accountable for it, that. I think. <laughs> Does this in some ways, though, it was so needed for Chelsea for everything that they've been through? I mean, what is the, there's a stat, isn't there? that uh, Leicester City have more goals than Chelsea in 2023 and they were relegated in May. I mean, that, that is just absolutely <laughs> shocking to say. Wait, to, do we have to, to say nice about, things about them now? Um, <laughs> a little bit of nice because right. it does take some of the pressure off Pochettino for right now, doesn't it, Jimmy? But it, it, it feels does. Like it's still underlying and it's still I, I do want to say that I think Barcelona would love this competition because they could really influence the referees with no VAR. <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, that joke aside, I do think that Tottenham... Or excuse me, uh, Chelsea had to, and we talked about it yesterday, kind of see what Manchester United did the day before in the Carabao Cup, which this is a different competition. Let's go find our confidence here, mm -hmm. and hopefully we can parlay that into getting back into finding our league form. Their schedule right now, they got Fulham next, then Burnley, and then it gets really difficult. They got Spurs, they got City, they got Newcastle, and then they have Brighton again. 
they got to get results against Fulham and Burnley. And I don't think that's a guarantee given how they're playing. They have so many talented young players. But how do you get everybody rowing the boat in the same direction? That's going to be the big challenge. Who, from who would you Pochettino. say is the leader in that Chelsea team? If you had to, that's a great right question. Now. Well, Thiago Silva. Yeah, outside of Thiago Silva, because sometimes he Raheem he Sterling play. would be number two, yeah. and then it's a whole bunch of twenty-year-olds that are yeah. still <laughs> a little unproven. Because of that, though, do you feel like Pochettino has to be given the time? Because if you make yet, a, if you know, say things don't go well for them in the next couple of games, the easy thing for Todd Bowley in the past has been like, okay, let's bring a new manager in. But it, it, there's just too much turnover. So does this time have to be different? I think yes, but it's so hard because Chelsea is held to the standard that you have to get results and you have to get it now. So I feel like that's difficult for Pochettino because he, he needs those results. But when you're dealing with this type of play, group of players and they are so young, you, that's what you see most is this individual, I want to do it myself when they go forward. And so how do you bring in this, like, team attitude you need a leader up front and when Sterling is not in there who is that player going to be because um Cole Palmer played great but I, I don't think it's him right you know? right yeah. mm. I, I I think the leadership call is huge and I think you're spot on there before in the past you had Cesar Espelicueta mm -hmm. right super steady good leader everybody respected him and it was very clear. If he said something to you, you were listening. Then you had N'Golo Kante, more of a quiet leader. Yeah. You know, lead by his actions and not necessarily by his words, but would make plays. You even had Jorginho who would sit in there and, and just by his passing yeah. would unlock and pressure. Consistency. consistency. They, they are just so up and down. Now when Reese James comes back from injury, I think he will help solidify the team a little bit. Yeah. And then Christopher Nkunku, when he comes back, I think he'll give them that presence and that experience that maybe they're lacking. But when they come back in, they're still an unsettled team. Yeah. I don't know who the best 11 is, and I don't think Mauricio Pochettino knows That's that either. That's been the problem, hasn't it? Reese James is the captain, obviously, but, he, but he's not available at the minute. Speaking of captains, Tyler Adams, the captain for the yes. U.S. He's back. Yes. Is that why you wore this shirt? Yes. This is just yes. for you, Tyler. Welcome yeah. back. Uh, he played 20 minutes for Bournemouth yesterday. They were obviously already 2-0 up, Jimmy, but so good to see him to see him getting minutes again. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the fun discussions about Tyler Adams is how does he get back into the U.S. men's national team midfield? Because we've seen Eunice Musa and Weston McKinney kind of hold down that area of the field, and that allows Gio Reyna to be more central. Mm -hmm. So he's got a lot of competition, both for club and country. But I'm excited for him to come back. I think that his intangibles are what make him special. The amount of ground that he covers, the amount of, I would say the way he inspires the players around him to also elevate their performance yeah. is what sets him apart from everybody else. And I think Bournemouth are really going to benefit from that. Yeah. I've been a Tyler Adams fan for a real long time. I've been fortunate to become friends with him. He's such, like, a, just a really good kid. I, I shot with him way back when I was you a You are old. You called him a kid. Super old. That's wow. what I'm saying. When he was first starting out at Red Bull, like, I picked him out. I saw him play a couple of times. I was like, I want to shoot with that kid. There's something about him. I talked to his teammates. They, they said, like, his first day showing up at Red Bull, he pulled up in, like, the khakis and the blazer, and they were all making fun of him. He was just so mature for his age, just yeah. way ahead of his years. He's always been that way on and off the pitch. Such a leader, such a positive influence on and off the, the pitch, I think, in the locker room. It's a great move for him to move to Bournemouth. They're officially, now that he's made his debut, they're the fighting Tyler Adams now. <laughs> yeah. They're known as to me. Uh, but I, I think this was a really good move for him. It's a, a, a good place for him, and I'm excited to see mm -hmm. him – I want him to, uh, if he can stay healthy, that's the biggest thing, uh, to take care of his body. Uh, because when, when, he's, when he's fit and healthy, I don't think that you can really, you don't really worry about him. He's, he's a fantastic player. But 
keeping him healthy has been the biggest issue in his career. We need to wrap that man in cotton wool. Yeah, it, it is. And it, the way that he gives every single game is the reason why he always yeah. picks up these injuries. It is. He is relentless and ruthless. And if you could build a team, I think he would be one of the first people that you would build your team around. So it's going to be good for him to be at Bournemouth. And for him to have consistent minutes, it is a tight midfield now with the United States. I, I do agree with that. But his consistency is kind of what we were just talking about, right? His leadership, his consistency, that is always something you can build off of. And I'm sure he'll find his, his way back into yeah. the, the when, he's lineup, fully fit, when he's fit, it feels like yeah. he's a shoe in to Well, he's the captain of the World Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he was one of my – no, so, I, no so I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I just mean, like, it, it's – Harder than it's ever been to yeah. be in that midfield. And yet still, I believe that Tyler Adams adds to the team like none of the other players can add to the right. Let's take a look at the, the um, matches that are to come in the Carabao Cup uh, for the fourth round because there's some interesting ones in here, including a rematch of last year's final between Manchester United and Newcastle United. Uh, Jimmy, obviously Manchester United trying to get things back on track after a roller coaster start to the season. Is that the game you've got circled? Well, 100%. I feel like the big question here, and with this being the round of 16, is when do you start rolling out your best 11? Mm. Because sometimes you wait to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, as you're trying to balance multiple competitions. If you're going to have success, is this a trophy we want? Now, obviously, Man United are the reigning champs. They're going to probably have a little bit of pride to try to repeat as champs. But I think what's interesting, using Newcastle as an example, they started two teenagers yesterday in Newcastle. They had uh, Lewis Miley, who's 17, and Lewis Hall, who's on loan from Chelsea. He's 19. And at halftime, Eddie Howe, the coach of Newcastle, took them out, brought in Gordon, brought in Bruno Guimaraes, and the game completely changed. So that's a sign of, okay, it's, it's fine to try to give some of your younger players some experience, right. but at what point do you take this serious? So, yes, that one and is Pep circled. And Pep made changes too, didn't he? Pep Guardiola in the loss to Newcastle as well. So it that's just right. shows that's that right. if you are willing to, you know, if you were going to gamble and make a lot of changes, then it, it, we've got Champions League football, Europe, Europa League as well. So there's a lot of them to juggle at this point. Yeah, the, the quadruple season. is over for Man City. They can't win it anymore. No. Nobody's sad for them. So don't worry. Don't <laughs> worry. They won the treble last year. Uh, Mansfield Town, though, in Port Vale. That's what I love about the Carabao. Is that, is that the one you're, you're circling? I used to play for Mansfield Town. Wait, are you Whoa, serious? What? Wow. Whoa. Do we have out. a picture? Please Can we help me. Yeah. Can we roll the clip of this? Somewhere. Yeah. The best team as well. I loved it. I, loved I wish it. that you had said this what in position? pre production <laughs> so that someone could have gone and pulled a no, picture. No, don't. Somebody. What was Piazza? Piazza, I know you're back there. Piazza, I know you're back there you can hear me Hold please on. go find this picture i know you're on we yeah. mentioned one thing about so getting relegated. the next thing piazza's sending us a four-page document of everywhere he's been and where he got relegated with so i'm Our a researchers are incredible chris piazza fantastic yeah. i've never yeah. been what relegated position, though? you haven't answered my question Poppy. center back center back yeah. i got a lot of time for that Poppy yeah. will yeah. kick you i think, I think yeah. mansfield is you. the coldest place in england mansfield? as well mansfield where it, is it in england it's not far from Nottingham. I mean, it's where's, like... Where's that? <laughs> For the people that don't know. I, I, I asked Middles, her where Exeter City was, and she's like, my geography isn't good. <laughs> I'm like, England is this big is compared to the United States. We have to work harder about, here. Yeah. It, West Midlands, Midlands. East Midlands. East Midlands, East Midlands yeah. Yeah, Mansfield in, is in East Midlands. Oh, my parents are going to be so embarrassed watching me talk about geography in England and not know. But yeah, Mansfield is not too far from Nottingham, about right. 20 miles. 
15. I think they're proud of everything else that you can do, so <laughs> they'll, get, they'll cut you some slack. Anyway, my point being, Mansfield Town, come on, I want to see you go all the way in this competition. I want to see you knock out Jimmy Conrad's Newcastle in a couple of rounds. No, I, I, I think that's what's fun about any cup competition mm -hmm. in any league around the world. That's why we love the U.S. Open Cup as well, because you have these teams that might not have a chance to yeah. take on the big boys, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe having that opportunity to knock them down. Just speaking of that, how cool was that video talking about the history of the Open Cup and all the teams yes. that have won it? I think that was yeah. really neat for people who maybe are tuning in to watch one Messi, but get to see how the history of this and the teams that won it so long ago. I, I thought that was a, a nice little cherry on top. Mm -hmm. It's the most similar thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the Open Cup to what you could compare to English football mm -hmm. with the FA Cup, with the Carabao Cup and the way that you see teams be able to move up, not just through relegation and promotion, but as we've seen with Wrexham and their whole behind the scenes and showing just what is available. It's why we love it. Yeah, we got a, a winner and an early rounds participant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought my ring. Yeah, you Why should. Just to really flex. Because uh, it's you, now you forgot two things. You forgot your megaphone and you forgot your. I ring. know. He doesn't need a megaphone. That's true. Honest. That's true. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I can just go at any point. But yeah, I should have brought it. But I was deferring to Houston and yeah. messy Miami. Yeah. That's bad. Okay. All right. Next up, guess who's back with us? Nico Cantor oh, from yeah. Miami. I wonder if he's still in Messi's house, Jimmy. What do you think? Maybe Messi <laughs> kicked him out after they lost. Uh, stay with us. He's going to be with us after the break. Open Cup, Inter-Miami, Houston Dynamo. Is Messi going to play? We'll see if Inter-Miami does need Messi. Artur, the overlap, Dorsey! Dynamo on top! Quinones went down, referee points to the spot. Bossi steps forward and delivers. 2-0 Houston. Big night for Houston at Dry Pink Stadium. And guess who was there? Our very own Nico Cantor, who joins us now. Nico, good morning. Listen, he I made gotta it. do the Jimmy dance. If, if Jimmy's on the table, I gotta do the Jimmy dance. Oh, reversal. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Nico, obviously the weather wasn't on our side last night, but what was the reaction when you know when the delayed team news came out and everybody realized, okay, Messi's not even gonna be on the bench, he's gonna be sat in the stands for this match tonight. Yeah, we were getting murmurs around the pitch. Everyone was naturally talking about is Messi gonna play? Is he not gonna play? Hopefully he gets a couple of minutes, but when I got a couple of looks from some people right before the team news came out, and it was like, ooh. And then the confirmation on the team news. I was talking with the inner Miami people, and it just it makes me think where Messi's at with his recovery and, and what exactly is his injury. I mean, it's it's probably not that bad. But obviously, inner Miami can't say what it is. I, I, imagine the responsibility on Tata Martino's shoulders because he probably knew that Messi was going to play today. Maybe it's a thing that Messi wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Tata, I'm not ready to go. I can't play today. 
uh, and they have to be so careful with everything. Wow, I'm just seeing these shots for the first time. I was on the sideline. I couldn't watch these. Um, yeah, um, so we'll see what, what ends up happening with Messi. But at the end of the day, Houston played an incredible soccer game with or without Messi. Inner had to fare however they could, and it wasn't good. Uh, and, and Houston was deservedly the champion yesterday. So, Nico, answer me this. I want to talk a little bit more about Messi because they risked him against Toronto FC, who are the worst team in the league. <laughs> and they probably could have beaten Toronto without Messi performing in that game. He goes mm, and they plays did. one. And he gets subbed out before halftime, and now he doesn't get to play in arguably one of the biggest games. It just defies logic in some ways. I know you want to give him a run out, and if he says he's good, he's good. But if he was still not 100%, I just don't understand that risk at all. Yeah, so the timeline is as follows. We got to go back three weeks to that game against Ecuador in the World Cup qualifiers, match day one for Argentina. Messi scores a free kick. Uh, that was tw- that was three weeks ago, 21 days ago. Um, and that's where we kind of get these murmurs that Messi is injured. Messi himself didn't say it, but Lionel Scaloni, the coach of the Argentine national team, mm-hmm. Did right, and that's where we started speculating. He didn't play against Bolivia, but he did travel. And then from Bolivia, he goes to Miami. And then in Miami, there were speculations about whether he was going to play against Toronto. He got 37 minutes there, and he's the one that asks asks for the sub. So it's been three weeks, right? Uh, Messi has only played 37 minutes of soccer. Um, my, now I'm being a cynic and, and speculating beyond what we're being told by the club, what we're being told by Tata Martino. And I understand that he can't just outright say what it is because, for example, on Saturday, if, if he says, hey, Messi's not going to play on Saturday, I don't know how many people are going to show up to the stadium on Saturday. Likewise for the games on the road in Atlanta, the same, right? Um, so they have to be really careful with that. But I would imagine it's more than a muscle strain. It's probably... Not much worse, but enough that he's not 100% and that he can't play. I thought it was very telling that he wasn't even on the team sheet yeah. yesterday. He wasn't healthy enough to, to be on the bench for Tata Martino to kind of keep Ben Olsen guessing, right? That, oh, Messi's going to come in at any point and he has to adjust. But um, we got to see day by day the recovery because now the next objective is making playoffs. And there's going to be certain teams that they might not be able to beat without Messi, Houston put on a display. They they played them off the pitch. It shouldn't have been 2-1. It should have been a little bit more in favor of Houston. Um, and they're going to have to see... I, I don't know how much they're in control of their own destiny, um, but definitely having a healthy Messi will help. Maybe it's a matter of maybe we can get to playoffs without him for these next couple of games. Honestly, I don't know. It seems like it's a day-by-day from what we're understanding, from what they're telling us from, from within the club. And if Messi wakes up and he's feeling fine, he'll play. If he's waking up and, and he's not, you know, he's not ready to go, he won't. So, um it will be a matter of game by game, but hopefully we see him back on the field as soon as possible. Anika, you talked about not having Messi, so Tata couldn't throw any surprises. He couldn't keep Ben Olsen guessing. I'm a little bleary-eyed because I stayed up late. I watched your post-match interview with Ache Ache with Echo. He, he spoke about their preparation and, and, and how confident they felt. It, it looked like they were confident. It looked like they were ready for this match. Can you speak about the confidence you saw close to the pitch? Men. 
did you guys not feel that Houston was playing at a at a different tempo? Yeah, the way that the that, that that rectangle, the whole game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like honestly, they should have won. They should have been up three zero, and Inter Miami shouldn't have gotten close in this game. The 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 rectangle that they do in the middle between. Hector Herrera, Artur, and then a little bit further up top, Coco Garrasquilla, and Coco, uh, who am I missing? Oh, and I mean Bossy, uh, is incredible. That was the goal of, of, of Houston Dynamo, to up the tempo uh, and not let Inter-Miami play. Sergio Busquets, poor guy, he was he was very much alone. It, it was very difficult for him to, to really find outlet passes between Benja Cremasi or, or Diego Gomez, they really struggled. And that's all thanks to the setup by, by, by Houston and the way that they're able to get either Corey Baird pushing on the right or Quiñones pushing on the left. And Quiñones was an issue, and he mm-hmm. caught Yedlin. And, and man, Quiñones is fast. Talk about <laughs> intensity. I, 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 had, I had never seen Quiñones. There's a couple of guys from Houston, like, over the years that I've seen in person. I saw... Um, Albert Ellis in person, and that, that was in a game, my very first MLS game. It was Albert Ellis on the same wing as Almiron. That was like Olympic 100-meter dash <laughs> caliber. And then now you have Quiñones. Quiñones was uh, really good yesterday. And Inter not only couldn't match the intensity, they couldn't match the precision. Um Man, they didn't get shot until the end of the first half. So, um, all credit to Houston and uh, this kid, the the, the right back, uh, Griffin Dorsey, was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. he even got a goal. Yeah. Um, phenomenal, also. And Franco Escobar also was locked down on that left side. I think it's because Griffin Dorsey and I grew up in the same club. Well, that, so that, you now you know oh. why I am rooting right. for him. Nico, uh, let's stay on Houston because what Pat Onstead has done. He came over a couple years ago as the GM in Houston. Totally revitalizes teams, brings in Ben Olsen as the head coach. They had 17 new players this year, and you would not guess it by the way that they are playing. You got to see Ben Olsen lead from the sideline pretty close up. What did you notice about him as a manager in this new style that he's playing and how he communicates with his team? I think Ben Olsen is the same Ben Olsen, and now he's got a setup where he can win things. And listen, he's winning a U.S. Open Cup. He is so intense on the sideline. I love it. He, the, the, the energy he brings, he won't let one little thing pass him, not one little call. Um, and listen, those are the managers that at the end of the day, if, if you want to change a culture, um, a mentality, Pat Onstead saw that it was Ben Olsen to do that job. Uh, they, they've brought in players. They told me that they wanted to bring players that are winners, right? So you bring in an Hector Herrera, you, you bring in um, an Artur who won MLS Cup with, with the Columbus crew. You've got players from all around the world that have won, and, and you need players with bite, people that can elevate the standard of training so everything around also just... It's heightened the the quality, the intensity that, hey, you won't take a, a, a trash training session like at all. You just won't take it. It can't be a trash training session, you know, and, and, and those little things, it's, it's a slow build. And they know that they're not there yet in reality, but winning cups like this, it, mm-hmm. it, it helps instill a different type of culture and 
Ben Olsen is happy with with the way that it's going, but uh, he knows that he needs maybe he might need uh, something else, but uh, a couple more guys in the offseason. Who knows? But for for him right now, it's winning U.S. Open Cup and then making playoffs. It, it is tight in the West right now. It's not nothing is guaranteed at this moment. Even even that they sit fourth, I believe. I don't know if the MLS games from last night changed that a little bit, but uh, they're on. They're definitely on the right path. And Pat on said knows that as well we were talking yesterday after the game they're very happy with this title but at the end of the day uh, it might be even more where you got to make that impact is is major league soccer we're talking about a, a club that has two mls titles and onstead and olsen want to take the houston dynamo back to where they deserve to be okay so nico let's continue that part of the conversation then because as we've learned in mls it's not necessarily how you start it's how you finish and we could argue that the Houston Dynamo have the most momentum. Obviously, winning a, a trophy helps that momentum a lot. But they've got 12 wins, 11 losses, and 7 draws. Not really a great record given how well they performed last night, especially in this competition. They never trailed at any point in any game in this competition, which really speaks to the type of team that they are and who they want to become. Do you feel like they are one of the favorites now going into the MLS Cup playoffs? Oh, good question. And you know what was super impressive yesterday also was on the road. They're not a good road team, to be honest. They won two games in the entire season on the road in Major League Soccer. Um, Yeah, obviously they have picked up momentum. And yesterday that they showed, if they play like that in the playoffs, that's scary. I don't know if that's a Houston team that that you want to face. But first... First, you got to make the playoffs. You know, a loss here, a loss there. In the next four games, they've got Dallas in a Clásico. Then Montreal on the road. Oof. I just now I see I see Houston's record and I see Montreal. So, yeah, they should be Montreal. But on the road. <laughs> if, they put, if, they, if they put on the performance from last night, they should beat Montreal. Colorado Rapids will beat Colorado Rapids. And the last game is at Portland. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy, I agree with you that it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. But these last four games also, hopefully for them, they get the boost from from this win and help them see out the last four games. But, you know, n- nothing is confirmed at this moment. Nothing is set in stone. Anything can happen. Um, and and you got to ride the wave of momentum because I, I don't know if Houston's spot is guaranteed at the moment. You think they make the playoffs? There's no doubt they make the playoffs. Yeah, they're making it. They're making it. In the West, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They'll make it. Yeah. Someone predicts okay. Miami will, though, isn't it? That's maybe the, big, the bigger question. Nico, just before we let you go, talk to us about the atmosphere there last night, because obviously since Messi's arrival, we've seen it just be like a spectacular showing. Uh, the weather played a factor, but it looked from, you know, from watching it at home on TV that the Houston fans were really loud and out to support their team last night. Is that how it felt in the stadium, too? There was a nice little faction of, of, of Houston fans on my right-hand side on the goal that none of the goals were scored on. Um, so they got to see everything from far away. But they were there. There was like a little sliver of Houston fans in, in, in one of the stands. And they were great um, for them to have traveled. They probably paid a lot of money because, you know, I have, I have friends who paid a lot of ticket, a lot of money to get tickets for How this much? game. Um, <laughs> they were like around, they were like around 250 <laughs> 300, yeah. no, yeah. I asked some friends, and when they found out that Messi wasn't playing, they were on the way, and they were devastated oh. that Messi wasn't playing. Yeah, but hey, look, La Familia, who is uh, the Inner Miami supporters groups, they're collectively called La Familia, the family, they showed up, 
they were still there regardless of the situation. And and to be honest, I'm not really buying this whole like when Messi doesn't play, nobody shows up. Uh, the stadium was full yesterday, and and that those videos going around social media when Messi got subbed off against Toronto FC, I know all everybody that was at the game yesterday told me that maybe a couple people left, but in reality. That was, it felt like a manipulated social media video that, you know, serves its purpose to have people think that people are only there for Messi. Obviously, Migos calling fake news. Migos calling fake news. I saw Susanna, though, with the celebrities and with golfers. Did you see James Harden? Did you see any? Do you guys swap beard tips? I saw. Harden, I saw. Oh, imagine! No, I can't. I can't ever be at James Harden level. You guys don't want to see me like cheating. Is anyone try at his no, level? we don't want to see that either. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. no, no, no. I prefer your um, yeah, my gra- Yeah, my, thank you. My grandmother wouldn't be happy. My grandmother, yeah. like, this is too much. My grandmother, poor her. Um, who did I see? Sidan. Yeah. Man, oh, yeah. When Sidan and Beckham, when Sidan and Beckham said hi to each other, it was like ooh, galacticos assemble. Um, <laughs> Pinch yourself. This is real life. Yeah. There's there's three footballers for me that have like this chivalrous aura to them. It's Zidane, it's Thierry Henry, and it's Francesco Totti. What about Beckham? And, it wasn't his three pops. It wasn't in his three. It wasn't in his three. Yeah, it's, it's his, his three. three. It's it's his. Okay, let me change your it's three and add Beckham in there. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Poppy, who would you take out? Um, mm. Any of them for David Beckham? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I grew up in a Latino household, and specifically in an Argentine household, and we're not too friendly to English you got, you guys football. Didn't really so. rock with Beckham like that? What do you mean? <laughs> nah, not in an Argentine household. <laughs> yeah, but listen, uh, Beckham is Beckham is a gentleman. He is a sir. He should be riding a, a, a horse with a sword no and a on. shield. <laughs> <laughs> he is a gentleman of football. You're right, Nico. You've really thought about is. that. You've he thought is. about that before. <laughs> He's the icon. Uh, Nico, thanks so much. Safe travels back. We'll see you soon. Bye, right, Nico. Get some water, Have a buddy. Nice show. Hey, Keep I'm hydrating. Today. Keep hydrating. Ciao. See you later. Bye, Nico. Uh, Okay, still to come, we're going to tell you what happened and show you what happened in Serie A yesterday with the highlights from the midweek slate. We'll be right back.